Hello everyone, this is Judith Wave, host of the 4th Trimester NP Show. So today I'm so happy I get have a chance to discuss what it really means to be a mother. Uh, what does it mean to bond? And we'll, we'll start to talk a little bit about another episode which involves how to choose a therapist, why we should not be afraid to do that, okay? Uh, today I have with me Lydia and I just want to say thank you so much in advance Um, A lot of what I do incorporates therapy, but to actually be here with someone who's dedicated two decades of their life to their craft, I mean, it doesn't compare. So I'd like to let you know a little bit about her background and I'll go through her bio to begin, okay? Uh, So Lydia Moore Allen is the founder and CEO of C-Renew Therapy. And did I say that correct? Okay. Lydia Moore Allen is the founder and CEO of C-Renew Therapy and Consulting Services. She has been in the mental health field for almost 20 years. She's a licensed clinical social worker, certified master's level addictions professional, certified parenting instructor. Where were you? Okay. Where were you when I started this journey? Okay. I'll, I'll get around back. <laughs> <laughs> and qualified supervisor. Lydia provides counseling for individuals, couples, families, and supervision for registered MSW interns. She also offers comprehensive diagnostic evaluations for immigration courts, for hardship, violence against women, U visa for immigrants who were victims or witnesses to a crime. And one that really uh, appealed to me just because of the the scope um, of human trafficking, you also help with T visas, correct? Yes. With obtaining. Lydia has dedicated her years working with individuals, couples, and families facing life-changing challenges including addiction, which is so huge now, marital relationship conflict, mental health imbalance, and parenting hurdles. She has experience working in residential and partial hospitalization settings with clients of varying cultural, ethnic, and socioeconomic backgrounds. Lydia is transparent and compassionate while collaborating with her clients to achieve her goals. And if that's not enough, guys, she volunteers, okay? Um, she dedicates time as a board member for Phoebe's Fortress nonprofit organization in Miami. And essentially what they do is that they equip young ladies who are aging out of the foster care system with skills to advance into adulthood. So please join me. Thank you, Judy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much. No, it's, it's my pleasure. So let's dive in. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to look to see, you know, sometimes you, have an, you think that you know what something is like what it means and then when you look it up you're like oh it's a little bit simpler than i thought like so when i looked it up um it said uh, a female parent like do you think <laughs> what what motherhood is like what being a mother is and i think that's such a a small way of um of saying what what the role of motherhood is what do you think a female parent wow <laughs> that's an interesting word yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it really encompasses a great deal of um, the love, nurturing, and, and I know a lot of what you do is helping people to kind of understand not just what happens when the child is here, but the early stages, right? How you take good care of yourself even before you get pregnant or when you become pregnant. So I think it encompasses that because the male is not carrying the child, right? The woman is carrying the child. The male can support you and love you and help you to nourish your body and your mind and your soul as you're going through everything. But it really, it's an 
I mean, I'm not sure if there's really a lot of words to describe what it, what it means to, to, to be a mother, because I think the dictionary is not, doesn't have enough words in there, but it's the nurturing, caring, loving, and, and loving the child from head to toe, emotional, mental, spiritual, psychological, just all of those things, I, I mean. Right, that holistic all, approach, yeah, right? That holistic, holistic caring, you know? Um, and then I, I found some other definitions. It says to mothers to bring up a child with care and affection, which is just a small piece of what you just described. Yes. Um, and then I found some quotes that I thought um, were I quite funny. Quotes. Yeah, quotes. yeah. Um, one was, um, a mother understands what a child does not say. And, you know, we've seen that so often. I know you're, you yourself are a mother and you can just see it on your child's face like when they come home and something's wrong. Like there's that, there's that um, je ne sais quoi, yeah. right? You just, you pick up and you're like, huh, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me yeah. what's wrong until they, they open up to you. Um, I've had that experience personally with my mom and I'm like, I, I went and I did something I wasn't supposed to do. I'll never forget. Like I went and I went to my friend's pool and I wasn't supposed to go to her pool and I came back and I, you know, I blew my, blew dry my hair and I put on like sunblock and everything else. And when, when I came home, she's like, I had a vision that you were swimming and I'm like, a vision. Right? <laughs> yes, mom, a vision. You had a, vi you know what? I mean, what can I do without you knowing? Yes. You know, um, so I, I really, I, I really um, connected to that quote when I saw it. Um, and then there was some other ones here. Motherhood has the greatest potential influence in human life. And I think that's why it's so difficult to just define it as a female parent. Yes. yes. You know, it just doesn't do it justice. Yeah, it, definitely not. I think, you know, from pre-pregnancy to pregnancy and then the other stages after that, I think it becomes, it's a lot of hard work as we, as we all know, but it really requires the mom, you know, taking good care of herself, right? Because if you don't take good care of yourself, the, the same thing you're trying to do for your child, you have to be doing that for yourself, the mental, spiritual, emotional, psychological taking good care of yourself so you can really in turn give to your child, have the intuition and be, you know, mindful, have that, that third or uh, sixth sense, yes. right? That, yeah, you did go to the pool because, <laughs> you know, I'm on top of this, right? Mm -hmm. I'm on top of this. I'm aware. I'm in tune to me and I'm also in tune to you and what's happening with you. And I wonder yeah. how many times, you know, if I'm distracted or if I was doing something else, if I was not in tune, as you said, have I missed cues? Yeah, I'm sure we uh, we all, especially with our busy lives and we are full speed and we have so many things um, going on at once. I think we miss cues, but, but I think sometimes our kids, they still find a way to communicate that to us even without using the words. And if we miss those cues, I guess, you know, our hope is that we can always pivot. You know, you pivot when you realize, okay, I should have addressed this sooner. I should have seen it. You know, what can you do then in that moment, right? We can focus on the fact that you missed it, or we can focus on how do we pick up from here now to make sure that my child is nurtured, loved, and cared for in the moment that I'm now aware of what's happening. And I really love that word pivot. And I think I'll circle back to that as we, we go forward, because yeah. I think it's so, you don't have to be the parent that you were with your first child, yes. with your second, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I think it's good to have someone f give you the ability to free yourself yeah. from building this cage, but we'll get back there. I don't yes. want to jump again. Yeah. Yeah. And then this one is one of my favorite ones. A beetle is a beauty in the eye of his mother. 
you know? Yeah. And then <laughs> this reminded me of um, a performance I saw. And it was um, uh, Frank Sinatra's uh, I Did It My Way. And so the mm-hmm. child came on stage and perfectly dressed, um, completely in character, and started to sing and couldn't sing. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't hold a note for nothing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the performance, and sang the whole song, mind you. And everyone had the same expression, like, and the parents, mom and dad, were up front on the stage, like, that's my child. That's, That's my, my child. child. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know? And and in their mind, this was like, you know, the next with American Idol as yeah. far as they were concerned. And yeah. I think that's that's the beauty that parenting and being a mom like allows you to. I mean, you don't want to fool your child, right? You yes. don't want to say you yeah. can't do something. You don't want to be honest, but it allows you to let them dream. Yes. You know, you yeah. are more than just what we're seeing, yeah. you know? And I think what you're also doing is <clears throat> you're applauding that confidence and you're reinforcing that. Yes, you might not have sounded great singing, <laughs> but, you know, you had that confidence to step out there and to do that. And oftentimes we can miss that as parents because we'll be sitting and saying, oh, my God, I'm embarrassed. You did hor- horrible job. I mean, look at the bravery, right? The bravery of a child who's not thinking about how he or she sounds, but the fact that I want to do this and I'm going to do it. So those are the things that as parents we have to do. You have to nurture that. You have to water it every day so that can continue to grow. And it it eventually grows in the direction where they have a skill set, right? And, you you know, because they have the confidence already, they can nurture, you know, they can go in that direction and, and really do what they're fully capable of doing. And I think, like, if you if you have that um, relationship with your child, as you said, if you miss the cues, it's not going to be the end of it all, yeah. right? Um, but I think beyond that, if you know that um, you have a trust between the two of you, if you say, you know what, maybe maybe singing is not something that you should pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you have a love of music. Yeah. Maybe you can manage the people who exactly. who are going to sing, you know, or you know, you, you sort of uh, allow them to to run down what they want without um, having to give up completely their dream, you know. Yes, exactly. So you, I mean, again, you you kind of the talk, you know, you're the guide, right? You're the guide, but you're being loving, you're being caring about it, right? You're not just going in and beating them up and saying, "Hey, you did a horrible job. You need to do this instead." You guide them, you, 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 you know, you direct them, and you, you educate and you support, and that's what we're here for. Correct. Right? Correct. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, okay, so what's this thing about bonding? Uh, um, what are your thoughts on bonding? Well, I think I know a lot of, in, in therapy, we talk about the attachment theory, right? And, and as we were preparing for, to meet for this, you know, we have to take a look at our own experiences, sometimes, right, our own experiences <laughs> true. in attachment, you know, from our bonding with our parents. And not we might not know what that was like, you know, when we were a, a three-month-old, but even as a three-month-old, when that bonding happens, whether you know it or not, that, that kind of starts charting the course for a lot of the ways that you then start connecting with other people in your life. So that safety and that connection with a maternal figure, a paternal figure, because dads have Correct. to bond also. Right? We're talking about moms, but True. we know the daddies have to have their bond, and it might look a little bit different. 
Um, but it starts really early, but being in tuned, and I'm using this word a lot, in tune to your own ways in which you attach, what your, how you attach in relationships, what that looks like, understanding that, and being aware of it, it helps you to be more mindful when you then start to, to, to figure out how do I bond, how do I connect. And the mental health aspect of it is you have to take care of your mental health because if you're not taking care of that, then it's hard for you to, to really bond. If you're depressed, if you're dealing with anxiety and panic attacks and all of that. So I'm running into a different direction. So I'll let No, you no, I mean, yeah. but I, I like it. I mean, I think what, as you, when you were talking, it made me think about like a love language. Yes. Right. Yes, so yes. you end up, unless you can break the cycle, you end up perpetuating what you saw or what you experienced as a child. Yes. Like for me, I know one way that my, my dad showed affection was by with monetary things, with things that he bought for us. Yeah. And so for me, I was, I'm very much, if I catch myself on the cycle, so I can show you, I'm showing you how much I love you by what I'm purchasing. Yes. As opposed to, and I, I probably would downplay something that's simpler. Something yes. so like I'll see other moms right, and I'll I'll they'll they'll do like a, I'm I'll give you a classic example. So we were going, I was coming up to study, and um, my dad was like, "Don't don't go up there and play the fool." I'm like, okay, dad. <laughs> and I saw other. I'll listen this time. <laughs> right, I'll listen right, and then I saw um, other parents, and they were like, "Okay." I, I, you know, they were hugging and kissing and saying goodbye. And I, I always, I always thought about that because I thought about how, how do I show love now to my kids? Yeah. You know, is it in the firmness of my speech? Because yeah. that's what I was exposed to, um, as opposed to giving hugs. Yes. You know, yeah. so it's yeah. what, what you were exposed to, how you, because there's an attachment. I was still attached to my dad, you, you know, happened. Yeah, but definitely. it was a, it was a different form. It was more reserved. Yes. Right. As opposed to I'll see, you know, other other dads will like throw their kids up in the air type of thing. Or yes. moms will show more physical affection. Yes. Um, so it's an interesting way that to show different types of bonding. Yes. Is, does yes. it have a different quality? I don't know. I know there's a lot to touch. I know there's healing and touch. I know that human babies need that, yes. you know, yeah. so that we can circle back. But um, it's it's just another way of of attaching and i think as we as our kids grow then we start to figure out okay well this is how i appreciated being loved and cared for as a kid uh maybe i did not appreciate that way in which my parents showed love so i want to do it a little bit differently sometimes we also try to heal ourselves through our kids correct, right correct so just because i want to be loved this way doesn't necessarily mean that that is your, your child's love language Right, so you might want to, you know, consider as they get older, figure out, okay, my child loves hugs, or my child might not like hugs. My child might like the gift, or my child might like the walk in the park, or something like that. So I think really figuring out the uniqueness of of our kids as they grow older, and that's true. The, that you know, where we could still be attached and bonded to them, because that right. attachment and that bonding looks different as our kids age, right? When they're babies, oh, they're so cute, and we just want to kiss yes. them up and love them up and do all of that fun stuff but you know again th that awareness self-awareness of me and my child and what my child might need it takes a lot of work it does and it's yeah. not something that you're it's not instinctual no right i think yeah. sometimes it can be yeah, but i think it, yeah. correct but yeah. some of it it's it's um i'm some of it you can mimic which we'll get into yeah. um but some of it is not as instinctual as you think yeah definitely um, so bonding, okay. So you know, you, in order for you to 
really raise your child right you have to be attached to them in some way form or fashion and we sort of actually jumped right into that yeah, it may not so how i show that i'm bonded to my kids may not be how you show that you're bonded to your kids um the value may not be different right the the, the weight of it the quality of it may not be different yeah. Um, but that the proof is in the in the pudding, right? The proof is in the type of, of person that you produce ultimately. Yes, definitely. The quality time could be the quality time, as you said, buying gifts, touch, whatever it is. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think this is, is a whole so much more to unpack with that. You have the <laughs> love languages, and then you have the attachment theories and all of those things. What the attachment looks like in childhood, and what that then trans um, manif how it manifests in adulthood. It's really a, a, a whole lot i think you would need another series yeah i mean i think i think it's so true i was um <laughs> okay so this is you know i was looking i don't know if you've been on facebook and it sucks you into, into its feeds yeah they all do <laughs> <laughs> so i was on facebook and for some reason i've i've liked um you know when there's there's someone pretends to be a pedophile mm -hmm. so there's like a random stranger sitting next to a kid and then there's someone who comes and is coming, approaching the kid, trying to groom the kid. Oh, your dad sent me for you. I have some candy. So I must have liked one of those. So now my feed is full of that kind of thing. And I'm wondering, they never show the person who does not intervene. It's mm -hmm. always somebody, a stranger, who's like, what are you doing? Get out of here, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm always wondering, so is, is that action because you've been protected before in your life? It's if you were not protected, would you have acted like that? Well, it's possible, right? Because if you want protected, maybe you have like this very conscious decision of, I am going to ensure that everything and everybody who might be hurt at any point in time that they're protected. If I have, you know, in, within my power, right? So it, it could have the, the reverse effect. And it can make you yeah, hypervigilant. Yeah, hypervigilant. Exactly. That's the word. Okay. So it, 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 it could be, and then the, the personality and how people internalize those early experiences is very, is, is, might vary based on, you know, personality and a range of different things. So yeah. our point is, so even if you were not mothered, right, even if you did not have that maternal figure, that paternal figure, that person who stood um in the breach as they say you could still be a parent oh yes you can be okay yes yeah okay. It, it's it is still very possible i think it, it's a journey it's a process and you have to start healing you before you get to that point of you know it now all goes back to that yes, yeah you have to really start your own healing journey and, and exploring and understanding the impact of not having that att attachment because not having attachment is is is, is traumatic right you know, a child that's not hugged, uh, cuddled when they're so young and, you know, um, it, it's, it's traumatic, right? So the body remembers that, the mind remembers that. So really taking care of you and understanding that early on before you launch into becoming a parent, I think it's a gift that you can give to your child even before the child is dreamed into existence. And I don't think we touched, like we did, we did a series on preconception health. I don't think we did enough of, of the this kind of work that you're talking about, yeah. that kind of self-discovery. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, and I think it's something that we, we should we should work on together. No, like that for was a future an amazing episode. podcast. The oh my gosh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I'm blushing, guys. It's yeah. all the... <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal job. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, so defining bonding. So formation of a close human relationship. And this, this is just one type. 
Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Um, so emotional and physical attachment between mom and offspring. Yeah. So because we're in the perinatal space, um, there are actually two different types of bonding. Correct? And I'll be honest, uh, most of the focus that I remember in nursing had to do with mother-baby bonding. Mm-hmm. We really didn't, at least, and, and just don't write me, but I don't remember ever really thinking about bonding in the terms of the antipartum period. Yeah. Um, but you tell me from your body of work, um, was there any focus on that? So, go ahead, repeat your last so like like specifically so like you know we have the two types of bonding so we have maternal fetal bonding yes. so while you're pregnant yes, yes um and then mother baby bonding so after you, that kumbaya moment oh my gosh here's the baby and, and the baby to the chest yeah i look yes. at you you look at me we bond right that's the hollywood um depiction so i know that we did a lot of work on how to bond with baby after delivery but i cannot honestly tell you that we did a lot of work up front like how do you how do you bond with the baby from day one pregnancy? Ah, I'm pregnant. Yeah. How do yeah. I bond with you? Like I don't remember in school us really focusing on that. Did you have in your graduate degree? Did you guys focus on that? No, I don't. I don't remember much of that. And it might be you know like that gap that needs to be filled and you know to help a lot of women because I, I think it's that's that stage where a lot of women might. Struggling, you know, emotionally, mentally, psychologically. So no, I don't remember. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of years ago, but <laughs> um, I don't remember it at all. Right. At all. Yeah. And I, I mean, when I was in midwifery school, we talk about this period of ambivalence, right? Yeah. In that first trimester, and I think everybody goes through that. Yes. I yes. think even if you're like, I am going to have X amount of kids, and you figure out that you're pregnant, or if you had a fertility struggle. And now you find out that you're pregnant. You go through this, like, oh, did I really want to do this? You yeah, know, this kind yeah. of, like, mix of emotions. Um, so we'll proceed. Let's, let's look a little bit deeper at maternal-fetal bonding. So maternal-fetal, this is just while you're pregnant. We'll look at the three trimesters. Um, so in the first trimester, it's adjusting to the idea of pregnancy. So if you're, this is your first, I think a lot of these questions occur, and it can happen every pregnancy, but I think it happens most with that first pregnancy yes right? i agree with that yeah um i mean from my own personal experience correct yeah. and i yeah. think the literature the literature also shows, shows that, that yeah. you know yeah. um that you're like oh and i and i always talk about my poor daughter like i always think about like my favorite reggae artist is buju banton right well, you're on to something good i know <laughs> <laughs> and um i remember he had a concert in fort lauderdale and it was actually it's the last time i saw him perform before he went to jail anyway um but it's the last time i saw him and i was six months pregnant and i was all the way up front and i was like i wonder if i'll ever if this will be part of my life uh, yeah you know it took yeah. me long and this is yeah. not the first trimester this is the second but it, i was like i wonder if this will ever be me like, will I still be Judith Waif, lover of reggae music? Yes, yeah. And mother, you know, and mother of this child. Like, how do I balance the two identities? Yes. Right? Yeah, no, I I, I, I can <clears throat> definitely relate to that, too. Mm-hmm. That first stage for me was like, oh, I love to travel. I just like to get up and just go, you know, get in a car and just drive somewhere. <laughs> and, yeah, so that ambivalence, you know. But the, the key about this, I mean, and I would say from my professional opinion, not really getting that education and understanding that that's normal, a normal process, it can throw a woman into a depressive state, right? Especially if you there was a predisposition for depression, you have a history of it. It can throw a woman into, you know, a depressive state yeah. because 
and then it kind of it, it, it could linger a little bit longer than it just being a short phase it goes into then the first trimester the second trimester then you get to a place then eventually you have the postpartum depression because it you know it kind of morphs into something different so I, I just wanted to put that piece in there so the education that you're Correct. trying to do I mean it's so so critical it's powerful um, it's so critical it's powerful for any woman and husband uh, mm -hmm. dad, whoever you know to kind of understand that so you can support the, the mother going through you know kind of going through pregnancy correct yeah. and definitely social support is so protective yeah. um but i think psychoeducation like that oh, just yeah. i remember just talking to patients in general i'm like okay this is the definition of dep depression this is the definition of anxiety i'm like oh I that, 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 is that what that is? Is right? that what that is? Yeah. Is that what yeah. it is? It has a name. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. And so it's almost healing, almost, almost healing in that yeah. moment because they're like, oh, okay, I get it. I see how I can fight now. Yeah, but you see, and you also see the possibility, like, I don't have to feel this way because some people, they say, oh, well, this, this is just kind of what it is. I've always felt this way. I feel this way. I guess it's normal. And that becomes like their baseline, but it doesn't have to be, right? Right, and that's, yeah. a lot, that's the power of words too, the power of language. Yeah. Because I, growing up, I'm like, oh, I'm stressing. I'm stressing about this. I'm stressing yeah. about that. I'm stressing about And then here, I'm like, is that anxiety? <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't think it was anxiety. Yeah. I thought it was just I'm stressing. It's just yeah. the, the difference in, in languaging, yes. um, which we definitely must cover. Like when we talk about therapy, because you would think about therapy for certain words, right? For yes. certain diagnoses, yes. Yes. but not something that doesn't have maybe a, like a cultural bound syndrome. The cultural piece of it. Yeah. Right? So you're yeah. like, oh, well, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think I'm depressed, but I can't get out of bed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, isn't that I'm lazy? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. but, um, but it's, it's, it's the language of it. So you really need to have a professional look at you and say, you know what, maybe we can consider that it may fall into something else yes you and, know? and i think sometimes <laughs> if you i don't know if you're ready to launch into that part yet but sometimes yeah you might have to just with that particular client say yes it is stress you know might have to go with that language that day however here's how it's causing a level of dysfunction in your life so here's that's the reason why we need to address it so you can you adapt know? your playbook you can adapt right you can adapt your approach to okay in the dsm it says anxiety but this person said it's stress. So for you, it's stress. Yeah, I but, love it. So let's let's talk about that. And how can I support you with addressing the level of dysfunction that distress is causing on your life, your marriage, your body, your mind, your kids, all of those things. So right. Lydia and I are rewriting the DSM, guys. We are re rewriting That's it. That's all yes, I'm going to say. Yes. Okay, we're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to move on. Um, some other things, too. Like, you know, that, that um, physical piece, right? Yes. So when you're nauseous and you're vomiting and you're fatigued you're naturally not feeling your best yeah and so feel exactly <laughs> and i think that kind of feeds into those first trimester blues yeah right yeah. um you're not like yourself and it's uh, it's evident that something else is going on yes yeah um but having a, a therapist reframe it for you and let you know you know what this is normal yes, or your OBGYN yeah. or your nurse midwife you're like this is expected then you don't have to continue amplifying those feelings yes yeah definitely so you said it very well <laughs> i don't even know if i need i don't know if you want me to add anything to that but i mean I, I just yeah because when stuff when things are happening with our body it's happening with our mind because it's affecting how we think right and and we catastrophize sometimes as well Correct. you know as if it's really bad you feel like am i ever going to get out of it right this is probably never going to end and you 
you know, you become more victim to the thoughts in your mind as opposed to the fact that these symptoms are just temporary. In your mind, you've created a level of permanency about what's happening to your body already and how your body's, you know, re reacting and responding, you know, to the pregnancy. So it is a lot of psychological back and forth, a, lot, a whole lot happening. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to be chronically depressed or laid up in bed or even suicidal to say, I need to talk to somebody. Correct. The fact that you're going through a new experience, right, of pregnancy and motherhood, first, second, or third child, because they all tr transitions and you have to adjust your life at all of those points. Just the fact that you're going through a transition, it's, it's important to have that place where you can talk. Yeah. Because your life is about to change. Agreed. Yeah. And have someone who will help you cope. Yes. Because exactly. you know that there's that baby blues, right? Like those yeah. first two weeks, most patients, 75% of women go through that. And if it's not treated, then they progress. And I would say, right, if you're in the first trimester and you're having ambivalence, Yes. You have no one who is supporting you and saying, you know what, you got this. This is normal. Yes, Everybody's yes. nauseous. And, and you want to be nauseous, actually. It's a sign that the pregnancy is going well. Yes, yes. You know, um, then it, you would st it would stop you from going further into, you know, diagnoses that are more difficult to treat. Yes, and that awareness of, of what's happening. Correct. Definitely.